The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. Good day, America. Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boat rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here, where we use the Bible and the Constitution, not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative Word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and also sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of the radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to sonsoflibertymedia.com, and there you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is Bradley's show from uh, Saturday. So if you miss that and you want to catch that, you can do so up until 3 p.m. Eastern, at which time he'll be live in that little area right there. That's right. We take big old Bradley Dean and we stick him in that little bitty box right there. Right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button. Blow it up on whatever device you got. Look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner. Click on that, and you can join us in the chat on Rumble. A lot of friends over there this morning, so good morning. Good to see you guys. And uh, while you're over there, please subscribe to the channel, Sons of Liberty Radio Live, Sons of Liberty Radio Live on Rumble, and then we're also on BeforeIt'sNews.com, top of the page over there. So be sure and uh, give those guys some love over there. We appreciate them giving us a spot on their platform. Back over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, right up under where we're streaming live is where you can sign up for our email newsletter. You'll get all of the articles we put out for the day at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, including the morning show archive. So if you go back through anything that we talk about, links, scripture references, Whatever documents, videos, any of that kind of stuff, all that will be in the archive. You can check it out at sonsoflibertymedia.com later on today. And I forgot to open this up. Um, I don't know why I forget to do this. Um, but in any case, uh, this is our store. And uh, usually you got to run it twice through there, but we'll do that. Um, <clears throat> Bradley's book and shirt are also on. Whoops, I got the wrong guy. We're going to bring him on here in just a minute. Sorry about that. That's my fault. <laughs> one-man band here. Bradley's Soldier of the Cross t-shirt, 20 bucks. That's got the artwork from the book. Uh, if you're double X or a little bit larger, that's $5 extra on the shirt uh, to cover the material cost. And then also his book, Soldier of the Cross, $10. Pick up the package deal for $30. Bucks. Uh, matter of fact, make it 40 and get his new one, which is All the Profits Were Pointing to the Front. That's available in our store as well. 
You can get there by going to the store link off of sonsoflibertymedia.com or by going there directly, thesonsofliberty.squarespace.com. Remember to put the in front of that, okay? And check that out there. All right, guys. Um, if you guys were listening to Bradley last week, he had a gentleman on. By the way, I didn't even know it. You know, I mean, I just I didn't go further than that, uh, than, than what was going on. But just so you guys know, uh, I have had this guy's app. I, I mean, I didn't even know who it was. I've had his app on my phone for several months. Uh, it's a really good app. Um, I don't know if it's... I guess I'm going to let him elaborate on it a little bit. Flat Earth uh, app here in a little bit. It's very educational. It's not just, you know, there's a what you saw there. There's all kinds of links to uh, people explaining certain aspects of that. Um, this is one of the things that got me interested in it years ago. And I'll have a... Well, let me, let me just lay this out so we can bring him on. Years ago, I had a friend. I don't know. It's probably been, gosh, seven year, five or seven years ago, something like that. Uh, I had a friend. I was trying to counsel through some things. Um, you know, he had, he had some sin issues. He really did. But he was in another state. And so uh, we were patient with that. And just there seemed to be no repentance. Now the guy's in jail over child pornography and stuff like that. So, you know, in God's providence, that's that's where he is. I, that's where. He, but he asked me one time because he started getting into this flat earth stuff. He even started a a, um, a website about it. And now that's kind of come under, boy, you're talking about somebody who could be the complete opposite has taken over his domain name. And you talk about, you know, when the scripture talks about giving a cause or reason for people to blaspheme the word of God, that's what's happened because of the guy's actions. In any case, he brought it up to me, and I said, well, you know, that's not really where my mind is. I, I didn't understand what the significance of, of it was, but the question was, well, does the truth matter? And of course the truth matters. But the truth is a person, is it not? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. All truth has to come through Christ. I mean, it has to apply to him. And so I kind of had it back in my mind. I watched some videos. I was kind of, I was actually fascinated at the simplicity of the things that I saw. Now, look, God is complex. He's bigger than we can imagine and understand and all that. And the Bible is very clear that even it hasn't even entered our mind or our hearts what God has prepared for those who love him. I mean, can you imagine that? No, you can't because the Bible says you can't. But yet the simplicity and the complexity both work together here. We're still in awe of the one who's made all things. And so I began to look at that. Uh, I began to look back and forth between people who held the globe view uh, and those who held to a a flat earth. That's kind of abstract because some people see flat earth as a lot different than others. But they still say we've been lied to about the shape of the earth. And the obvious question for most people is, why have we been lied to? And why should we care about this issue? And so to help me with some of that, we had a little technical difficulty. I think that was on my side uh, getting on today. And uh, I'm going to ask him to unmute from his side too, is Dave Weiss of flatearthdave.com. And Dave, it's great to see you, man. Good to have you on the Sons of Liberty here. What I'm messing things up all day today, aren't I? (laughs) it again. Uh, thanks for having me, Tim. And uh, yeah, this is such a, a big topic. And um, 
you said so many things I want to comment on, but that would take up the whole show. But one thing I want to point out, you welcomed everybody except flat earthers. Okay. So I'm just going to think that as an oversight. <laughs> We're excluded from lots of things. But, but yeah, this is a topic that uh, we all have the same story. We all reject it. We all refuse to look at it. We all mock the people that tell us about it. And then we go and look and then we're like, Oh, Oh my God. Wow. And, um, you know, going back to the beginning, when I first heard about this, I did all of those things. And then at that point in my life, if I went on a show, if I listened to a show talking about flat earth, that was a Christian based show. Um, I would just, I would, I would have written off flat earth because I was an atheist. Right. And I, I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit that today. I was an atheist. I believed in the Big Bang. I believed in all of the stuff that science told me. But then when I finally was forced to go look into flat earth, I, w- I went in with a bad attitude. I went in to prove it wrong and prove, uh, prove the globe. And um, that's how you become a flat earther. And then when you find flat earth, you have no choice but to accept the fact 100% that this place is intelligently designed, which means there's a creator. So flat earth is a stepping stool to a relationship with the creator. Mm. And I, I kind of find my job is to help people like me and everyone else, you know, that, um, that, that needs that step. Now there's people that already have a relationship with the creator. Like I'm fine. The the earth is spinning, you know, but you're, you don't have a full relationship because you're ignoring the Bible. There's, there's over 200 verses in the Bible talking about a flat, non-rotating stationary earth. Um, page one in the in Genesis, you know, God separated the waters from the waters and created the firmament, right? That's a little crazy. That's a, um, on Psalms 19.1, I'm actually wearing my shirt. And um, Werner von Braun, the Nazi scientist that allegedly was brought over here to uh, start NASA, that's on his gravestone, right? The heavens declare, the, the Psalms 19.1, the heavens declare, declare the glory of God and the firmament showeth his handiwork. Why is a NASA, leader of NASA, founder of NASA, talking about the firmament on his gravestone. That is interesting, isn't it? And in fact, one of the things, and and I've put this up here for people to see, one of the interesting things, we're going to be having our friend um, Bob Sisson come on. He's developing an app with the gospel and the stars. You may have heard D. James Kennedy years ago talk about that and how the gospel was declared to Abraham and uh, Bob believes that it's it was through the stars, that God was communicating the gospel through the constellations. What some people have gone and twisted into astrology, they've done that. But all of this applies to that. And I, you know, one of the biggest verses, and I hear it from the uh, the guys who are the globes. This is an interesting part. And we'll maybe we're jumping ahead of ourselves here, but this is an interesting part to me. Isaiah 40, 22. And even the globe globe guys, they'll jump here and it's like, okay, you're not even using the same terminology. And this was stuff that started causing me to think through this a little more as to what it was. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. Now, you guys who were like I am, you didn't pass geometry. Well, no, I passed geometry, but barely. I, I just was never good at math. I wasn't. But I see, I, looking back, I look, what God has done, math is an expression of what God has said through his word that he brought everything into being. All of that can be brought down to mathematical equations. But a circle's different than a ball, isn't it? I mean, a yeah, cir- right? The, Speak to that, de- Dave. Yeah, the definition of a circle is a line. Yes. It's very easy. A line on a plane, which is a flat surface, where all points on that line are equidistant from a center point. 
That's a circle. Make a center point, draw a line all the way around it. That's a circle where all points on that line are equidistant from the center point. That is the definition of a circle. It's not the definition of a sphere, right? And that's the only verse that Globers can point to in the Bible that, you know, they're like, oh, and they, they misinterpret it. But there are other places in the Bible where they talk about um, a sphere or a ball. I forget the exact wording, but they didn't use the word circle. So, yes, the people that wrote the Bible um, knew the difference between a circle and a sphere. Well, and they also knew the words that are different there. The Hebrew words, there is a Hebrew word for ball, uh, for sphere, and they and God didn't use that. And if you believe in plenary um, inspiration of the Scripture, whereas God used the people that, that wrote the Bible, but every word was His, even though He's using them to do that, then you have to say, okay, well then... God knew what he was talking about when he said a circle rather than a sphere. He's trying to communicate something, as, as Calvin would say, he's using baby talk to talk to us so that we understand the complexity of who he is, but in the simplicity of how we should understand it, receiving what he says as a little child. Tim, when you look at flat earth through uh, biblical terms, there's no, no, no deny, denying it. But the, the issue I have, it's not the issue, it's the tack that I take is, I don't go to prove flat earth with the Bible because that excludes everybody that may doubt the Bible or completely rejects the Bible. It sure. excludes everybody. The scientific method, science, flat earthers are not science deniers. Flat earthers are actually science hold the feet to the fire users. Okay. We actually like the scientific method. There, method. There's nothing in cosmology that uses a scientific message it, method. It is unreal. Everything in our cosmology, everything in our solar system, size of planets, distances and everything are based on the radius of the Earth. And the radius of the Earth was found with pseudoscience. It's a made up number, you know, with Aristophanes with his sticks and shadows. You're familiar with, familiar with that. You've been looking at this for a while, so you probably know everything I'm about to say, right? Well, I don't know about that, but I, but I did learn quite a bit. So I'm looking to learn something from you this morning. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's, uh, I haven't talked about this in a while. So, um, Aristophanes is the story, you know, everyone's like, you know, the earth has been, been uh, proven 2000 years ago um, by the Greeks. And, uh, you know, he did it with his sticks and shadows. Right. So the story is Aristophanes um, said, OK, well, the sun is an infinite distance away where the light rays are coming in parallel. Right. Uh, and uh, although no one has ever seen parallel rays of, of sun, they all come in crepuscular and that. Um, he noticed that one day that he looked down a well and he saw the sun reflecting in the well, which meant that the sun is directly above him. So he came up, uh, this is a legend story, with a, um, a theory. He can put up a stick that has no shadow and then his buddy, 500 miles away, who walked there, was it 500 miles? Yeah, he walked there and counted his steps. That's how he knew it was 500 miles. At the same time, his stick had a shadow. So on a globe Earth, this is how it works. The sun rays are coming in parallel. No one's ever seen them, but he assumed it. No shadow here. And then his buddy here has a shadow, do some math, and you can figure out the sphericity of this ball. And actually, that's good as long as you're assuming you're on a ball. However, the sun is close. It has crepuscular rays like we always see. And here's Eratosthenes. Here's his buddy. And he's got the same shadow length. He could do the same math and figure out the sphericity of this flat surface, which is flat. So this is something, you know, that we're all taught in school. Oops. Um, we're all taught in school to to just believe that and the no one ever holds it the other, you know, no, no one ever looks at it from a flat earth model because they don't teach you that right. Flat earth, no shadow, shadow, 
And this is how we see Rays coming in. Also, the one last thing, I don't know how much time we have. Um, Eratosthenes, 2,000 years ago, that's when they believed, believed that the Earth, allegedly according to history, was geocentric, which means that the sun orbits around yep. us. Yep. So, so they believe that the sun orbit. How do you have a giant sun 93 million miles away or however infinitely far it was to have straight rays um, circling the Earth? You can't. They've, they've got their stories mixed up and they, they can't. Um, you know, they, they got their story mixed up and it just doesn't work. Simple test you can do at home. Get a bottle of lighter or anything. Two sticks. Hold a light over one of them. There's no shadow. And the other one has a shadow. That means that your floor is spherical according to science. <laughs> I'm glad you explained that because I've had so many people bring up the, the issue with the Greeks. And of course, Scripture kind of condemns the Greek mentality as well as the Jewish mentality. One's looking for a sign. One's looking for all these kinds of things. And they think they're wise in that, and uh, so let's let's get to let's get to some of this. I I want to. You mentioned. Um, did you mention von Braun? Is that who you mentioned before from NASA? Werner von Braun. Yes. Okay, so I just want to play this. I played it before, and Dave, just so the audience knows, you've got as much time as you need. Now we've got an hour on the radio, but we can go over in the video if you've got time. We'll do that. And this is a big subject, so if people want to call in, uh, you can call in. You can ask questions of Dave. And let me give you that number right quick. It's one eight. Excuse me, eight zero three six one nine nine eight five five eight zero three six one nine nine eight five five. I'll be happy to take your call. Uh, please stick to the topic, though. Don't call in about something that we're not talking about, Dave. And one and one thing, um, when people call in, um, call in and ask your question. Point out your point. But yep. here's the thing that you're going to notice. I have a dead. It's amazing. I have dedicated. I wish I could hire these people to work for me because they follow me to every show. They don't watch the show and they just comment on everyone's comments. That happens. Yep. And they never, ever offer proof. They only offer debunks of what I'm saying with empty claims, yep. but they never offer global proof because I'm offering three bitcoins for any of your listeners that can call in and give me one globe proof. That's one globe proof. That's still a lot of money. Three bitcoins is still a lot of money in it, uh, even though it's all fiat. The, the, we we know it's all fiat. I now I played this and I had somebody who was kind. They you know they sent me uh, an email and they said, "Have you thought about this? What about this? What about?" This? And I appreciated the way that they came across. They were asking questions. I'm a guy when I don't understand something, I want to ask questions because I want answers. I want to know the truth. I, I, it's not that I'm trying to you know, undermine anything, I want to know and I want to understand. And there are some things that I understand about, people know about eschatology. And I see yep. certain things, but I say, I want to ask questions of people that I may disagree with to see whether they're consistent or whether I'm being consistent. I think God is consistent. I don't think he's an inconsistent God. So I played this right here, Dave. I want you to, I want to get your comments on this. It's, it's not even two minutes. Go ahead. Before you pay it, um, the, yes, the it's all fiat, but you can take that Bitcoin and buy gold. That's and right. You can. That's right. <laughs> you absolutely can. All right. So this is a this is the video I played, and I got some response from it. And this is about government documents that government documents. Now look, I think Dave would agree with me. The government has lied to us. This is why they want to control indoctrination. I'm sorry, education. That's what they call it. Uh, but they don't have authority to do that under our Constitution. This is why they want to control it. They want to control the thinking. They want to produce a reality that is not reality to the people. And this is the video that I got. And this is um, several government documents, some of them NASA. 
that will show the Earth is flat and non-rotating. Check this out. If the Earth were a globe with a curvature drop roughly equal to 8 inches per mile squared, and the surface of the Earth and its atmosphere allegedly rotated at approximately 1,000 miles per hour at the equator, as claimed by the globe model, you'd assume those claims would be vital to NASA and the military for modeling and building aircraft. Instead, you'll see through declassified documents that government agencies and their contractors repeatedly assumed a flat and stationary Earth. For example, this NASA document assumes a flat, non-rotating Earth. Georgia Institute of Technology, on behalf of NASA, the model used is a flat, non-rotating Earth. Technical memo from the NASA Langley Research Center, flat, non-rotating Earth. NASA Technical Memorandum, flat, non-rotating Earth. NASA Publication on the Derivation and Definition of a Linear Aircraft Model, flat, non-rotating Earth, and flat, non-rotating Earth. NASA Contractor, flat, non-rotating Earth, and flat Earth Assumptions. NASA Ames Research Center, non-rotating flat Earth. Army Research Laboratory, Flat Earth. Army Research Laboratory, Propagation of Electromagnetic Fields over Flat Earth. Army Research Laboratory, a Flat Earth Approximation Provides the Best Estimate. NASA Technical Paper, Stationary Atmosphere over a Flat, Non-Rotating Earth. NASA Technical Memo, a Non-Rotating Earth. MIT Department of Aeronautics and Astronautics, Flat Earth, Flat Earth. NASA Memo, Flat, Non-Rotating Earth. NASA Contractor Report, Assumption Based on the Earth is Flat and Non-Rotating. NASA Technical Memo, Flat, Non-Rotating Earth. NASA Technical Paper, Stationary Atmosphere and Flat, Non-Rotating Earth Assumptions. NASA Technical Note, Flat, Non-Rotating Earth. NASA Langley Research Center, Flat, Non-Rotating Earth. Army Research Laboratory, These Equations Assume a Flat Earth. Even the Soviets made their assumptions based on a Flat Earth. Isn't that interesting? All of these are based on... Now, Dave... I want you to comment on that, but understand, I had a friend, and they sent me this email, and they said, you know, you, you produce all this. I read the links. By the way, I'm going to have this link up for this video so you guys can go to it. And in the description is all of the documents that this guy just spoke to. So the link's there. You can read it for yourself. They said, did you read it? I did. Yes, I read it. And they said, well, it was to simplify all this complexity. And I go, okay, so to simplify all this complexity about a ball, they come down to say it's a flat, non-rotating earth? Can you... Can you speak to that? This that, that just sounds bizarre to me. So when you when we really dive into the heliocentric model, which is the globe model, um, it's so crazy that you, you have to just ignore it and assume a flat Earth to make every, to make everything work. I mean, it, are, are you simplifying it or are you just looking at reality? The truth is, you know, the the globers come to us and go, "Where's your model?" And I just go, go look at all the government documents. Every time they're testing an airplane or something, they test it over a flat, non-rotating Earth. Um, you know, geodetic surveyors, right? Their, their deception, they think that perspective is dropped, but forget about geodetic survey, surveyors. It's planar surveyor, surveyors that do all the construction. Construction planning up to 100 square miles uses planar flat plane surveying with zero curve. 100 square miles, that's over a mile of curvature, okay? But they ignore it because it's just easier to ignore it. You know, the long tunnels they build under, underground um, those should pop out of the earth unless they're curving around the curve of the earth. Okay. They want you to believe that the curve of the earth is the earth is so big that, um, that you can't see it. But then they want you to believe that ships go over the curve at just three miles away. Okay. Which you also, you can't see because it's not happening other than waves blocking the ship. So here's the thing. Belief is the enemy of knowing as my good friend crow triple seven radio says, one of the greatest, uh, educational podcasts out there and it's easy like i live in connecticut tim so you now have a belief i live in connecticut you don't know it you have a belief and it would take you time and effort to go verify it so we 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 run around our world we don't verify 
a, a very little of the way we live our life because it would take too much time. So you have to have beliefs. And we're supposed to be in this world where if somebody says something, you should believe them. But unfortunately, we live in a world of deceit, of deception, yes. of insanity. And, um, and so that's part of, you know, this um, hijacking of our, of our heavenly realm that we live in is, uh, is how they get away with all of this stuff. Tim, I'll, I'll throw it back to you in a second. Why, why does the shape of the earth matter with all of the insanity that's going on in the world? Everything that you, you talk about, you know, why does the shape of the earth matter? And it's because if you don't know where you are, if you're spinning out of control, lost in space, um, you are, you've lost, you've given away your power. And then the government comes in and like, you know, Hey, there's the Russia could blow us up with a nuclear bomb, which uh, by the way, doesn't exist. Um, all of this stuff, they keep you in fear your whole life with all of these crazy bang, bang events that go on and uh, New York and Boston and everything else. Um, this puts a, an inset fear that's inside of people. And I, I see it every day. My, uh, my, my wife and I were going to a, a music festival and our daughter called and she was nervous about us going to a music festival because she was afraid there could be a mass shooting. Okay. This is all fear to keep people in this vibration state of fear to keep them with their noses down and not looking, you know, not understanding this realm that we live in. There's nothing to fear here. There's nothing to fear at all. And, uh, and if everybody knew that, um, all the governments would be just instantly vaporized. Well, yeah, and that that is that is something I was going to wait and try to bring that up closer to the end about why it matters, because this this guy that I was trying to help, that was one of the questions he had. And again, my mind was on so many different other things at the time that I was just like, OK, look, I'm not even thinking about that. I'll take a look at your stuff, but I'm not really thinking about that. And I think about like when Paul goes to Mars Hill. This is one out of Acts chapter um, 17. This is one of the things that he deals with with the men at Mars Hill. And for people who are unfamiliar with this, Paul is dealing with a religious people. They've got gods to everything known under the sun. And then if, in case they forgot something, they had a, 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 an image that was made to the unknown God. And he says, well, I want to tell you about the unknown God. You, you got all these other gods you're doing. I'm going to tell you about the God of creation. That's what he says. And here's what it says. Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, you men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. And I, I, let me just say this, and this isn't a smackdown to you, but there are no atheists. I don't give up that ground for anybody. Romans 1 is clear. Everybody knows there's a God. They just suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And it's not, and our job is to give the truth so that we, and I use the illustration of a jack in the box. You know, you push jack down in the box. The truth is the music, this little crank that you're cranking, and the, and Jack pops up. The truth is always going to pop up. They can sit on it as much as they want. You can get in a pool with a with one of those noodles or balls or any of that other stuff, and it's going to it's going to eventually pop to the surface. And that's what we want to do. We want to have the truth pop to the surface. So I think discussions like this are vital. I wish we could have somebody on. Somebody mentioned Professor Dave, who isn't even a professor from what I understand, off of YouTube. He ripped, he ripped a Flat Earth Dave apart and this, that, and the other. Yeah, well, let's bring them together and let's see who gets ripped apart because that's really where the rubber meets the road is when people come together and they get to challenge one another on their ideas. So here's the thing. The, the whole Professor Dave thing, that is what Google, when you search Flat Earth, you're not going to find any real Flat Earth videos. That's going to be one of the first ones they send you 
because it's so ridiculous. But um, on my app, if you go to the web button and you scroll down to the debunking the debunkers, if you click that, um, let me second there. If you click that, up comes a list of videos, and right here is the uh, Professor Day one done a, a, an analysis of what was said um, and how many ad homonyms and how many straw mans. And uh, it is it is the funniest thing you ever you ever done. The guy that does it, who's super scientific, uh, doesn't take either side, flat or ground. He just analyzes the debate for its worthiness. And this this completely destroys Professor Dave. So anyone in there that's saying Professor Dave destroyed me is just a empty troll. They won't call in. They won't come. You know, if they do call in, they won't have any proofs. They won't have anything. You're just going to see these empty channels, you know, commenting and going after me. The problem is. Um, we've completely and com totally destroyed, um, destroyed the, the globe model. It's, it's, it's finished. So getting back to the, the, the video you just showed, that was from uh, my friend Ben from Taboo Conspiracy. And on the app, we got a special button here called Experiments. Ben does and makes video, does experiments himself and makes videos about the experiments. This button alone absolutely 100% proves the Earth is... Um, is not a, a not a globe. Um, the videos on here are undeniable, scientific, and fully documented. And you can go out there and verify them all yourself. So, now Dave, these, let, uh, these, let me let me ask these, you let me ask you something about that. We had another video, and I'm going to go to scripture here in just a little bit. But we had another video, and I'll try to remember to throw it in. I forget what I even titled it, but there were several people around the Earth. Different places in the Earth, northern, southern hemisphere, however you want to say that in the flat Earth model. They're all over the place. They set up cameras to capture the sun as it's going across. They synchronize the times, and they come up with a flat Earth, if you will, that doesn't look anything like what we're presented now because of the trajectory of the sun. Have you seen this? I'm not sure if I have, but if you, if you have it, if you can send it to me after the show, I'd love to see it. Sure. I'm willing to look at all things. Um but the, also, the, the, there's, there's videos on here on, like, where does the sun go um, um, in, the, in the where does the sun go section that show that we don't see the sun in the same place. Everyone sees it in a place that's, that's um, unique to their own. And so you can't triangulate the sun because people, different people see the sun in different places at the same time. Let me show you what I mean. Um, so this is not, not what I want to show you. Um, where is it? Um, okay. So we see the sun. What's, I believe that the sun is within the firmament or above our dome of vision and we're seeing it. So I have, here I have a sheet and I, a hanging dividing the room into two and I have a flashlight of the 10 feet on the other side. Now flashlight actually has a square lens and it looks like a sphere. So pages to my left, I go, where do you see the sun right there? So if I do a circle on it with a Sharpie on there, she sees the sun over there. Well, I see it right there. So that's how we see the sun. So if we tried to triangulate, all right, I know that we're three feet apart or five feet apart or whatever, and I'm a right angle to my sun, you know, it wouldn't work because we're seeing two different suns in different positions. We all have our personal relationship with the sun. Yeah, I can see that. In fact, one of the things that, uh, that I brought up before and so people said when I was reading Genesis chapter 1, which I want to bring into that, of what you're saying, uh, I talked about the moon having its own light. The Bible says it's the lesser light. And so people said, well, the moon doesn't produce a light. What were we taught in, in, in elementary school? We were taught, well, the moon just reflects the light of the sun. Well, it may do that, 
but it has its own light. And I showed the picture of the infrared light that the moon emits, uh, which, again, we, we have documentation. I didn't bring that out today. But here's what the scripture says about what you just said. This is Genesis 1, chapter 14, or verse 14, excuse me. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven." So he didn't put this in outer space. He put it within the firmament. It, so what you're saying is it's close by. That's what, that's what God seems to indicate here. Though there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Now, it already created light on day one. Now he's got two great lights. Let them be for signs, for seasons, for days, and for years. And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made two great lights. He didn't make a light and a mirror. He made two great lights, people. Uh, and again, if you don't believe me about the light of the moon, go put that on there. Bring up infrared light of the moon. That, you'll see the images of it. The greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night. He made the stars also, and God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So right from the beginning, he tells us that he's created a firmament, and when you look up the word firmament, you almost get this idea that it's brass, that it's it's made out of some kind of hard substance that, that he's created it with. And my thoughts go to NASA with their whole Van Allen radiation belts. I think that's what they're talking about. They're just talking about the firmament. We can't get through this thing. Uh, but they want to get through it. And I think they want to get through it because they're at war with God. What do you make out of that passage? And how does that relate to you know the worldview that you have with Flat Earth? So my answer, my answer to that, well, what was the specific question? Because I had a point I was going to make about the moonlight. Well, when we have the firmament listed, we've got within the firmament above the creation. Within the firmament is the stars, the sun, and the moon. They're not well in outer space. That's not what we're told. We're told they're in the firmament. Okay, so here's a, a couple things. I'll quickly comment on the moonlight, and then I'll then I'll comment on the stars. Um, we're told that the moon is, is reflecting sunlight, right? So you have the sun reflecting off the moon. It comes back to us. Now, if you actually hold that to the scientific method, there's a thing called the inverse square law of light. What is that? Sounds complicated. It's not that complicated. Every time you double your distance to something, it's one quarter of the brightness and one quarter of the size. Double that distance again, now four times farther. It's now, you know, one quarter of that, a 16th, right? So when we're looking... At the moon, a full moon night, clear sky, no lights around. I could read. I can read a book by it. I could drive my car with the lights off. There's that much light. It casts my shadow on the ground. So that's pretty bright. Let's just say it's one lumen. I go halfway to the moon. It's four lumens. Halfway again from there, 16. Halfway again, 64. I keep doing that until I'm 100 miles from the moon, where the you know the the alleged um, astronauts took a picture of the gray, dusty, dirty ball. Um, it would be 60, 60 times brighter than the sun. That's what it would re be required to be for us to see it as one lumen here. So a lot of people short circuit at that. They can't handle geometric progressions like that. And they're like, oh, it doesn't make any sense because we see the moon. Well, the moon is its own light. I have a um, arguably shinier um, cement ball right here and I'm standing right next to it. So there's not much of a loss of light reflecting off it. It's 12 noon, the sun is above. How come that isn't lit up like the moon? How come that's not bright because it's reflecting sunlight and I'm actually closer to it. Okay. So it should be brighter than the moon, but it's not. Okay. It's just 
reflected light doesn't act like moonlight. Moonlight is its own light. And also there's a lot of tests out there um, that show that the moonlight is cold light. Like it's warmer in the shade on a moonlit night than it is in the direct moonlight because the moonlight is pushing out a cold light, not a reflected sunlight. As far as the stars, so in the heliocentric world, you know, you go up to the top of a mountain in the middle of the wilderness. Wow, the stars are amazing. You can see so much more than all the light pollution where we are. So we sent up a balloon, um, um, not, not me personally, but some flat earthers sent up a balloon. And instead of having the cameras pointing down, they had the cameras pointing up. And before they, at nighttime, they launched it. And literally before they let the balloon go, the sky was filled with stars and the, and the cameras can see it all. Well, as it's going up, it's going to get above the thick atmospheric layer, the, where the clouds lie, and it should get brighter and brighter and brighter and more and more and more stars. By the time it hit 60, 70,000 feet, all of the stars were gone. Yeah, no, I've seen some of these things myself. In fact, I wanted to get me, if somebody wanted to fund it, I'll go out there and do it. I think it cost me a, about $1,200 to get the helium, the helium balloons, and a couple of GoPro cameras and send up, you know, I've seen people send up several miles, I forget how many miles into space, One or what they call space. What, what amazes me, Dave, in all of that, and I feel like we're just giving a bunch of information. I, I kind of wish it was a little more step by step, but what amazes me, people can see this on YouTube. And as they go up, you don't see any of these satellites they talk about. You don't see any of this space junk that they talk about. You don't see any of that stuff. In fact, the people that actually get out of the atmosphere where you're seeing it sort of as blue and they get into where it's really dark, when they get pictures of the sun, it looks like it's fairly close, not as you said, 93 million miles away and, and things of that nature. So all of this is relevant to our presentation of what God has done in his creation. Go ahead. Look at this light right here. This is the sun. Is this close? Like it appears to be because it's lighting up this area right here. This is supposedly be supposed to be 93 million miles away. It's not. Whatever this is, however it's producing its light, that's a whole nother show. Um, it's a local light. And you can see that by this hotspot here. This is just uh, 20 miles up, 120,000 feet. So, you know, the Earth is supposedly spinning 1,000 miles an hour below me, right? This balloon was up there for three and a half hours. So it should have landed. The Earth is spinning to the east. So it should have landed about 3,000 miles to the west. But it didn't. It landed about 50 miles to the east. So somehow it went up and outran the spin of the Earth and then landed in front of where it took off. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Okay, so let's let's take a very practical thing here. Now, I've played, uh, and I've got a couple of these here. I'm not going to play it. But I've got several pilots, about 20 of them, who say who claim this Earth's flat. Now, just because a pilot claims it doesn't make it true, guys. Okay, I'm not saying that. But they are saying this. And so the obvious question is, when you get on a plane and you fly somewhere, one, how can, if the earth is actually spinning at a thousand miles an hour, one, if you're going from east to west, let's say you're flying out to California like we did last month, you're flying out to Texas, how do you ever get there if you're not going faster than a thousand miles an hour? Well, you can get there pretty quick because you're going at the, at the opposite rate of how it's going. But if you're going the other way, let's say I want to fly to England. I'm going to have to go faster than a thousand miles an hour to ever get there. And then it's going to be kind of tricky on the landing because the earth's moving up under you 
and we had a army pilot who says, no, it's it's completely flat. When you take off with a helicopter, if it's moving a thousand miles an hour, it should be moving out from under you, but it's not. Can you help people with that? I'm sure you've had this question as well. So the argument there is um, that the globalists will say, well, you already have that tangential speed. So even though you're hovering, you've already have that forward speed of whatever rate the earth is moving at that time. Okay, that's an interesting argument. Um, and it's nonsense, but I will say it's an interesting argument. Here's the issue. The earth spins once per day, okay, once per day. So if you're on the equator, you're going 25,000 miles around. So you're just going over 1,000 miles an hour. But if you're up in like northern Alaska, you're making a very small circle, right? That small circle is not 25,000 miles. That small circle is only, you know, 5,000 miles or whatever the, whatever the number is. So somebody's sitting on a runway on the, on the equator without moving is moving a thousand miles an hour, according to, you know, relative to the uh, point in space with the spin of the earth. Somebody that's up in Northern Canada, Northern Alaska, or, you know, close to the North, they're only going maybe 300 miles an hour. So let's say you're on a plane, you're sitting on the runway, you're allegedly spinning at 300 miles per hour. You take off and you fly to Ecuador and you want to land on a runway that's oriented North South. That runway is moving sideways at a thousand miles per hour. How do you, how do you um, navigate a landing? That? Yeah. It, it's absolutely insanity. You can't land on a moving runway. And um, here's the thing. Lots of pilots, big pilots for American airlines, for other big airlines. They've contacted me. They're all on board. And you know what they're doing? There's an explosion in the pilot uh, world of people waking up because when you understand where you live, when you understand that the earth, uh, the globe is a lie, all you want to do is tell everyone else, right? So whenever, you know, you being a flat earther, but you're in a car with somebody on an hour drive and they're not a flat earther, you're looking for every way to bring up the topic, right? Right? Yeah. Aren't you? Yeah, well, I mean, we look, we had it out in, in the in the West when we went out to do SHOT Show several years ago, and we went out through Arizona, and you can see, like, literally 80 or 100 miles in front of you, the land is so flat in that area. I'm just like, okay, if this stuff, because you put in curvature uh, calculator in Google or something like that, you'll come up with a thing that'll tell you how far it's supposed to drop and this, that, and the other. And anybody who's even looked into that, that is one of the major things that you say, okay, this is something demonstrable that anybody can go out and do, and they can replicate it anywhere on the on the earth, and they can see, wait a minute, this curvature thing is not what they're saying it is. It's demonstrably untrue. So there must be something else that's true about it. Yeah, my, my, the point I was trying to make is the pilot is sitting in a cockpit with a captive audience for 10 hours, however long the flight is, with nothing to do other than you know to take off and land. Yeah. So these pilots up the other pilots. It's happening at a rapid rate right now. So eventually, in the near future, all pilots are going to know. They're all going to be talking about it privately because they're afraid to talk about it publicly because um, they'll, they'll be grounded if they do. Um, talk about seeing too far. You know, this is 123 miles away from Malibu. This uh, mountain should all be, except the very tip possibly, should be hidden. But when you put on an infrared lens, it's there. Take off the infrared lens, and it's a blue sky. There's nothing there. You can't see it. Does that mean it's behind a curve? Or does that just mean you can't see it through the light scattering in our atmosphere? And uh, the second is the answer. The other one is uh, this one. Up high, nice and clear. We can see all of these mountaintops, okay? There's eight of them, and they're over 700 miles away. According to the globe math, the tops of those mountains should be more than 
40 miles below the curve, 40 miles, 40 miles. You, that balloon shot I was showing you was only 20 miles up, twice that distance in curve. Okay. You can't even fathom that. That balloon shot I was showing you a minute ago. Okay. There's more curvature if the earth is a globe from one end of Kansas to the other than the height of that balloon. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it absolutely is. In fact, this was something that we talked about before, and I want to bring this in, you know, because I'm trying to be as fair as I can with with the people that I've interacted with. I brought a, a former pastor over years ago, and a guy, another guy at the church we were at, and I showed them a a video uh, that a guy who was, you know, promoting flat Earth had produced. And one of the things he did on, on a situation like yours, he said, well, wait a minute, you're up above high. You're not, you're not down here on the flat part, which, okay, that's a point. I, I get what you're saying. You need to be flat. You need to see it that way. But even when you come down, I've noticed there are guys who've done videos and they've showed it. Most of them out in South Cali uh, Southern California, where they'll go out and they'll get right down on the beach level, right on the sea level, and they'll scan out, and they're still seeing islands that they shouldn't be seeing if the curvature is true. So I'm sure you've ran up against that argument, too. So, well, Dave, you're up on top of a mountain, so you're obviously looking down, and that would be... But then even if you take the idea of a basketball and put it in front of you, you're only going to see a, a certain portion of that before it disappears on the backside, right? A hundred percent. Before you mentioned the go fast... the. Uh, um, what was it? What was it? Did you mention the go fast rocket? I don't know. The firmament hitting the firmament. Yes. So here's the go fast. This is an amateur rocket. Um, and we have an uninterrupted view and it's spinning very fast. Okay. NASA, SpaceX, edit, 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 edit seven edits before it even clears the tower because it's a movie. It went up. And then if you hear the noise, it goes kerplunk, literally like it was going into like a plasma or something. Right. And it's kind of floating weird. And it's, uh, it's up um, 72 miles. At 72 miles, it hits something, okay? And then as it spun around, all of a sudden we can see the moon. That's the moon right there. We zoom in on it. It's obviously the moon, okay? Horizon's looking pretty flat there. So what does this, what does this mean? Well, at the time and date when that was taken off, right, the sun was right here. They're over in Arizona. It's like 11 o'clock in the morning, I think, okay? It's somewhere over here, okay? Arizona. Arizona, Arizona, not, I thought it was Arizona, New Mexico, whatever. Okay. It went up and you could see the moon, which was over here. Okay. If this was the globe, that rocket went up an imperceptible. You wouldn't see the moon at all, would you? You're, you're a fraction of a millimeter over the rocket and the moon is down here. Okay. So you couldn't see the moon. This right here is undeniable proof that we're on a, a flat non-rotating plane, but there's, 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 again, there's so many of these. Let me show you another pilot one. Um, before we, before we go off the air, can we talk about the app for a hang, minute? Hang, hang, on, hang on a second. Cause we'll hold you on. We'll hold you on as, as long as we need to over the radio show. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. When you talk about this, uh, this uh, SpaceX, are you telling me that Elon Musk is in on on the deal here too and that he's just he's editing his space video tell me it's not true I, I just can't believe that elon musk would lie to the people come on yeah so unfortunately you know elon musk is supposed to be our savior and um you know that people just want to believe that um if you go to flatearthdave.com scroll down and you'll see a banner that has a whole bunch of pictures of elon musk on it there's a five minute video on there that will 
break your programming that'll show you who Elon Musk really is or who he isn't. Um, you know, and and I don't know if I showed this on uh, on the other show, but this is Elon Musk doing a test launch of his ship that's going to go to Mars. It's on this little rinky dink metal stand. Okay, edit, 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 edit. Camera angle, camera angle, camera angle. Look at this thing. This little gas flame is listing up this multi-ton unit. Now, just notice all of the edits. Edit, 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 edit. Now, how high is this? Not very high. We're seeing the side. We're seeing now. Ooh, it's way high. Now, how high is it? Now, the cam, the it's not very high at all. It looks to be like maybe a couple hundred feet. Now it's way up here. Okay. And now the engines have turned off and it's free falling. Now look at the smoke. Is this free falling? And it's going to edit a second and watch the speed of the smoke change. Look how slow is this multiple tons of steel free falling. Okay. All right. Now look how high it is all of a sudden. How did they get that ground shot if it's this high? Well, the obvious okay. question that I have is why isn't his doing what uh, old Bezos did? I mean, Bezos has got it controlled. He's got a cylinder that'll come down and just land right on the backside. Doesn't everybody believe that? One's going to land upright too. Now watch. Three engines are going to turn on. Cameraman's going to get underneath it. Unbelievable. Nice Unbelievable. Two of the three are going to burn out. Okay. So now you got one engine off center. And it's going to land upright in a bullseye. Watch a whole bunch of CGI smoke. There it is. And it lands upright. That's okay? incredible. Incredible. Yeah. So anybody, people will look at this. Like if, you, if you had no idea what's going on and I showed you this, you'd be like, that's from a horrible, bad, bad B-rated movie. Okay. And then, uh, and then you say, no, it's from Elon Musk. And you're like, oh, no, that's from Elon Musk. Okay. Then it has to be real because your mind you know, in the normie world, can't fathom that level of deception. Elon Musk is a hero. Okay. Yeah. Elon Musk is a, is a hero. He's also a Satanist. A hundred percent. All right. His, so, uh, his launching so of his. Let's do this, you know, Dave. Let's do this. Um, let's put in to people so they can look, so they can check out your app and they can check out your, your, your website here. And uh, it's flat eighth. Flat, Flat Earth, flatearthdave.com. That's where you can go for this. And tell people a little bit about what they're going to get in the app. Because, I mean, it's only like three bucks. And I, I found it very informative, a lot of the things, even though I didn't get my referral code, which I'd like to put out to my friends. So maybe you can help me with some of that. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. That's, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's great. So this is uh, the friend finder. These are all of the people. Look, this is all of the people that have the app. These are all the people that are awake and aware. I mean, it's not just here in the United States. It's uh, look at the UK. You can't even see it anymore, right? So people are waking up. This breaks the YouTube, you know, the Google algorithm. You search for Flat Earth, you get all complete and total propaganda. I'm actually adding a video search uh, feature next week, hopefully. Um, so you'll be able to find any old videos that you're looking for. Um, the app does a ton of things. And yes, the app is $3.00. Um, there is an $11 a year subscription if you want to be able on the messaging people and having conversations and working in the social media. I mean, uh, the, you know, you can open up, um, you can open up the app and you have your own profile and you can have friends. It's literally like, it's like Facebook. I got some 10 friend requests here. Um, and you have your wall. And so you can find uh, other people, you know, interesting people around here. People are using it as a dating site. People are using it as a true friend finder. People are using it um, to start businesses, to hire people. Like if I wanted to go to Florida, 
moved to Florida, I could type in, I could search Florida real estate brokers and I could find other awake, aware, you know, unjabbed uh, real estate broker. That's who I want to work with. I don't want to work with a normie. So it, it uh, is a complete social media um, app. But again, it's only $3 and you, you don't have to pay the subscription. Also, um, in the friend finder, if you click right here, this is your referral link. And if you do that right now, we can create your referral number. Mine is D-I-T-R-H right there. But if you go to yours and click that pencil, put in um, up to seven characters, right? I am Sons looking. Up. I'm looking for yeah. it on my app. And you oh, said so there's a pencil? Yeah. So hit the hit the handshake, which is the friend finder. Handshake, I got that. And so are you in or is it asking you to register? Yeah, it's saying customize your referral code. Okay, so customize your referral code. Hit the little pencil right here. Okay, actually, it takes me to a video. Sorry. It's no, taking me no. to a YouTube video. That's what it's doing. Close that out. Close, close okay. that. That's that's because you can hit, don't show that again. Okay. And then go to your <laughs> referral code. So did, did you did you go to here? Okay, I, I'm, uh, okay, that one doesn't have that picture. It's just a blue, it's just a blue Dot. thing. Okay, there it is. My referral code, yeah. so, da, 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 da. Your, your icon indicates how many referrals you have. I have, um, I'm a, a fish, whatever that is, it's a fish. Um, so right here, click that and put, put in a referral code, something easy to remember, up to seven characters. It could be less. Okay. okay, yeah, I'm trying to, and it's like it's getting froze up. I don't, it may be my phone that it's a little bit old, but I get, I get what's going on. I'm going to have Tim S.O.L., so if you guys want to pick up his thing there, Tim SOL, that'll do it. And yeah, it says so my Tim, referral is saved set successfully. So Tim SOL, that's what you yeah. want to get and uh, and pick up the the application there. So when you download the app, the first thing it's going to ask you, do you have a referral code? No skin off your back either way. Put in Tim SOL, and Tim will just get a point for you um, for for you signing up. <coughs> Excuse me. If you have 11 points or more, you can trade in 11 points for a year subscription. I want that so hot sauce. That's what I want. <laughs> there you go. Hey, we're, um, we're having a, a conference for, for in uh, in um, Las Vegas called Flattoberfest right here nice. on the shopping. And uh, it's October 21st and 22nd in Las Vegas. Anybody that's near there that wants to come out. It's international people coming from all across the plane, not around the world, around the world. <laughs> the, the fruited planes, the fruited plane. Now, listen, Dave, we got about 20 seconds of the radio. Do you want to hang over with us? Because I, I was going to anticipate that you were going to stay longer. Yeah, I'll stay. I'll stay. We'll, we'll, we'll go long. And I'd love the you Globers out there or people that like, wait a minute. I have a question. How yeah, I have a work? question. Yeah. Let me answer all of them. And by the way, they're all answered on the Frequently Asked Questions page, but I'll answer them personally for you right now. Okay. All right. Guys, the phone lines are open. They'll continue to be open through the live show. Please don't call the phone line after the show. Okay. I'm busy doing things. 803-619-9855. You got a question for Flat Earth Dave? And Lord willing, I'm going to be back with you in the morning. going to have some updates on Mark Grennan and his sons. Bradley be with you at 3. See you then. All right, want to welcome everybody coming over from the radio. And uh, Dave, I'm glad that you stayed because I, I, I told myself, I said, this, this is a, it's too big a subject. And I was hoping more people might call in and ask questions. And so that phone line's open for you guys. It's not open for me, guys. Uh, a lot of you are asking questions and stuff in the chat, and I can't keep up with all of them because it was moving kind of fast there. But 
you're welcome to call in. Dave will take your question. Um, and you know, if you got a challenge, challenge. I mean, I, I think that's, I think that's good. That's how we sharpen one another. A lot of people, um, don't fully, uh, well, aren't able to call in. So type it in the caps in the chat and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll read them and I'll answer them, you know, or call in. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll do what we can. So you guys, I'm trying to watch it as much as I can, but I have to, you guys saw when I pulled the screen up, um, I, I'm trying to do several things here together. And you'll see that I'm looking at a lot of different things. So I don't always see all the questions, but I do see some uh, that bring this out. Let's see. Um, sp uh, let's see. Somebody says space ordinate systems. Dave, do you know anything about them? And I don't know what that would have to do with this, but. Systems, never even heard of it. Don't know what it is. All right. All right. Fair enough. Um, I don't see any others. Maybe I missed some that went past way too fast. But here's, here's, here's the real question that comes uh, that I think needs to be answered. Why is the shape of the earth a big deal? I mean, you've, you've made a whole app about it. You, you go on and do shows. You've, you've done podcasts about it and all this. Why is it such a big deal? Because some people say, well, as long as we have the gospel, that's all that matters. But is this really tied to the gospel uh, in the account, at least that we see from Genesis chapter 1, of how God has created the earth. Is is there a biblical reason why we should be interested in this? Absolutely. I mean, God's creation, it's here for us to explore, and it's been, it's been hijacked from us. It's been hidden. We've been put on a ball, and, you know, the, the, world, the world has been hidden from us. What do I mean by that? Put on a ball. How does that matter? You know, the shape of the earth, people say, what difference does the shape make? Shape makes no difference. It, it's the lie. It's the lie, and it's not um, taking full advantage of, our, of the creation we're at. I mean, the, which comes with the flat earth, the hiding of the flat earth is the hiding of free energy technology, the hiding of possibly more lands right within our circle or beyond, okay? The hiding, um, the fact that there is no way to deny the creator, right? They don't want people, you know, they don't want people in a position <clears throat> where they can't deny creation. They want us to deny creation. <clears throat> Excuse me. They want us to believe in, um, in complete and total nonsense. Right? So again, I love talking about, um, what could be beyond where we're allowed to go, but you don't need to do that to prove that the earth is a level stationary plane. Let me show you this. So I call this, how would you know? Here's a map of the world. What if we lived in a time where nobody, uh, we don't have radios or television or anything, just primitive time. We have boats, no airplanes. And the controller said, hey, we're going to cut out this section of the world, okay? And we're going to wrap it around a sphere and tell everyone that lives here, this is where you live. And you're not allowed to go explore this little white spot down here, which, which we call Antarctica, right? You're not allowed to go here, Okay. This is the whole world. You wouldn't know about Africa, UK, uh, Australia. You wouldn't know anything about them. And if one day that advanced civilization landed an airplane in a field in Kansas, everyone would be like, oh, my God, those are extraterrestrials from outer space, because that's what we've been programmed to believe, that there's other lives in this infinite, scientifically impossible expanding space vacuum. Okay? So this is... Um, a prison for your mind. So here's another way. This is a possibility. I'm not claiming this is true or not. 
<clears throat> if we live here on this piece of the plane or this planet, okay, and all of these other ponds around us, right, and they cut it out, they did the same thing, they wrapped it around, they said, this is where you live, this is Antarctica, you're not allowed to independently explore there, there are no photos of it from space or from high altitude balloons or anything, this is a prison for your mind, and when you live in that prison, you can't use your God-given creation power, your manifestation power, um, and it limits, it limits your full potential. Why does it matter? They're hiding land, they're hiding free energy, they're hiding um, resources, endless resources, they're hiding God. They're hiding your ability to explore. So that's why it matters, in my opinion. Okay. All right. Now, there's been some questions here. <clears throat> I'm just watching some of the chat uh, about satellites. And people say, oh, you know, how are you going to land one of those drones without a satellite? How are you going to, you know, make the, the, how you get internet, satellite internet? And how do you do all this other stuff? And somebody, uh, they were laughing. I don't know if you guys haven't seen it or not, but if you Google, Google Loon, this is your satellite right here. There it is. They're, they're hung on helium balloons. Uh, and this was this was years ago, I think, that Loon was going on. But they've done some of these things before. And people will say, well, well, Dave, I watched. I was at Cape Canaveral. I saw the rocket take off. Yeah, but did you see where it went? I mean, that's that's some of the questions. We see it take off. We see it start making this sort of banking because from what we see with Operation Fishbowl, uh, it looks like these rockets hit something up there, like what you were showing with SpaceX. It's almost like they stop in a certain place or they're going to skim across it. And I could bring up some of those videos too. But what do you, what do you, how do you answer somebody who says, well, we got satellites. Don't you know we have satellites? And uh, the obvious question is what's powering those solar panels? Man, I just got through hooking up solar panels in my son's RV. It's not going to power something that's got this high direct energy weapon and all this it's just it doesn't have that it doesn't bring in that much power guys it really doesn't so that that you you you're preaching my uh, my song there so the not what people don't know is uh, nasa has tens of thousands of balloons on of satellites hanging from balloons nasa owns all of the major helium companies in the world so there's not enough helium um, there's always a shortage so people can't start dirigible you know airship companies like there used to be 150 years ago, okay? There used to be airships bigger than cruise ships with thousands of people on them traveling across our realm, okay? Try that on a spinning ball, mm. right? But you're not taught about any of this stuff in school. By the way, on the app and the more resources and the homeschool section, there's a couple of um, links there that'll lead you to people that talk about this stuff and prove it. There's video of it. There's everything. So satellites are crashing all over the world, mostly in the South, and uh, everyone's got a high-def phone, a high-def camera in their pocket, so they're getting pictures and, um, and videos of them. So are balloons handling all of our satellite communications? I don't think so, right? Where are they getting the power from? Same problem that a satellite would have. But yes, there are up there doing certain things, but they're not transmitting transmissions everywhere, okay? So when you have a... Um, Something that needs to transmit phone or you know, voice or video, it needs power. It needs to be serviced, right? You can't, you know, we have stuff here, transmitters on Earth, they gotta be serviced every year, every whatever, right? In space, it's you know, the the swing in temperature between light and dark is you know hundreds and hundreds of degrees. So 
I think things are going to break. Yeah, but how's that going to affect electronics? It, they affect it. I mean, you can't even get out of uh, you know controlled temperature here with your computer and stuff. You have that thing has to maintain a certain temperature because if it gets too hot, you're in trouble. If it gets, you know, if, well, I guess if it gets too cold, I, I'm assuming it has a similar effect. And you're ta- again, you're talking about just like the stuff that we see with the fake lunar landing. Uh, yep. how, where did they get the power to cool or to heat? When that temperature yeah. changes, and and these are just simple questions, they should be logical questions, I would think. They'll, ne- they'll never answer them. Let me show you what I think is happening, and you know what? If it's not happening, the telecommunications NASA, you know, organizations are being irresponsible because this is how it works. By the way, the Red Bull jump. Remember the Red Red Bull jump? He went up one hundred twenty-seven thousand feet before he allegedly jumped. A lot of people are saying it's not real. I think it is real, but they lost communications they could barely communicate with him there's been other stunt people that have gone up really high and they literally they're right below them with a power station trying to transmit and they're losing signal from uh you know from the person that is about to do the space jump or edge of space jump whatever and um so we have a hard time and that's 20 miles no not even that it's less than 20 miles away we have satellites. A geostationary satellite is 22,000 miles away, right? So this is what they tell us. I'm going to go through this real quick. These are all the satellites that they're keeping track of. And you've got to remember, we're whirling and twirling and zooming in four, three or four different directions at once, right? This is the pink is space debris. The green are satellites. Now, NASA is supposedly tracking all of these, but they can't keep track of a multi-million dollar or jet. You know, they lose that here on Earth, but they can keep track of all of this. Okay. Well, Dave, Again, where was all that stuff when you were showing us the, the Earth a minute ago and showing us the sun right there and the moon? Where is all this stuff at? Shouldn't we argument, be able to see that? The argument is they're so small, so far away. Hold on, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna take care of that. You, you're absolutely right, but you know there there are no photographs or videos of a satellite in space. So you got to remember that these satellites are maintaining their position. The geostationary ones are maintaining their position over the same piece of land with the spin orbit, you know, elliptical speeding up and slowing down and the chase of the sun. They're going, why we're doing all that. They're maintaining their orbits perfectly. Somehow they mirror everything. If you let that thought just think it sink in, you'll understand that this is completely ridiculous. Here is a space, um, space jump 24 miles up the horizon's level. Okay. All right. So, this is where they lost communications, right? At 24 miles up, they could barely talk to this guy. So here he is. I can't even get him close enough to show you what 24 miles is. Here's a geostationary satellite. It would be that far away from the Earth if the Earth, you know, this is in scale, okay? So this satellite somehow, again, maintains its position over the same piece of land. This satellite should be able to communicate to most of the, you know, half the world, almost half, a third, let's say a third, right? So you'd only need a few geostationary satellites to connect the whole world. Again, 22,000 miles away, okay? So now here's how cell towers work, right? So we got our road, we got all these cell towers, and if you if a cell tower transmits, it says, okay, this is, again, this is not the scale. Um, this is the service area, and so you you put them all together and you've created your cell network. So now if I'm driving, I drove from New Jersey all the way to Connecticut and I was on a call the whole way. I jumped from tower to tower to tower to tower to tower, never knew it. the perfect call, no, nothing, right? 
That's all we've all experienced this. We've when we're driving, our we're jump with it's called a mesh network. So we're moving. So the car is moving down here through all of these different towers and the handoff, just hands off, hands off, hands off. What would be the difference if the car was staying still and all the towers were moving? There would be no difference, right? You follow me? Yeah, yeah, sure. So you'd still have service, okay? So you're having your GPS based off of land-based cell towers. I'm talking about communications. I'm talking about communications. Okay, and, and GPS. Yep. Okay, gotcha. Even better. Okay, so if these were moving and I wasn't, it would still work, okay? Because it, it, the motion's relative, all right? So here's the question, right? Where, if they're, if those were disconnected from the earth, how, how are they getting their power as we talked about? Okay. So the, so let me just jump forward a little bit. So how can we suspend communications equipment above the ground at a workable height, have control where it is, have the ability to service it and have a power source. And the answer I have is airplanes. Airplanes have full power generators. They're serviced every single day when they land that we know exactly where they're going to be. They're at a reasonable height, five miles, not 20 miles or 22,000 miles that we already know they have the equipment to communicate. We already know that they can connect us to um, cable, you know, to ground-based transmissions. So why aren't they just picking up signals and connecting, creating a mesh network? These are, this is what SpaceX's um, internet surface is. It comes from airplanes. What's the first thing Elon Musk did when the, the, the Ukraine war started? He said, we're turning off the internet over Ukraine. You know why? Because they created a no-fly zone. There's no planes over Ukraine, so they can't have it, right? This is how it works, right? Satellite phones are strong cell phones that can connect to the closest airplane in, my, in, in eyesight, that airplane will connect to the closest tower or to another airplane or to a, another airplane to, to the tower. And once it hits the tower, you're now on all of the, you know, you're, you're now your terrestrial base. You can go, you can connect to anywhere in the world with all of the undersea cables and all of the infrastructure. Now, can I That's, ask you a question about that? Yeah. Because I think this is important. Years ago, before we got high speed, because I live out in rural South Kakalaka here, and uh, it yep. took us forever to get any kind of high speed. In fact, we were on dial-up. Everybody remembers that. You got 56K, and it takes you a bazillion years to look, download a picture or anything. Uh, but then they came out with something called uh, AOL Internet. Uh, it was satellite internet. Okay, So you dialed up on 56K, but your download was like, I don't know, 100 something it was it was fast compared to what it used to be but it wasn't but you had a different kind of satellite dish rather than your tv your tv was a little small thing i can't even get on the screen here about this big and it's round this was sort of oblong and while the tv dish you could take and you could get within the range and you still get a good picture with this with this so-called internet, when you had to be at a specific angle, I mean, you couldn't be off by squat, really. You really couldn't, or you didn't get a signal. Uh, what's going on with something like that? Now, that's old technology. That's probably like 15 or 20 years old. But what's going on with something like that? So, 
most now, you know, if you look at like Dish Network, they admit they don't use satellites. They admit that they're connecting to towers. Look in the small print. They're connecting to terrestrial towers. It's not connecting to satellites. Now, there was something in the past because my father lived in the 80s and uh, 90s, lived on a little island in the Caribbean. And um, he had a giant dish, I don't know, maybe 15 feet wide on his roof. And we had a, a controller that that disc would move from satellite to satellite to satellite to satellite. There was a dozen or maybe less um, different positions where it would tune in and then you get like 20 different channels of, of amazing, crazy stuff. Um, so what's that doing? I So you have to believe that a satellite can maintain its position, transmit a signal to there with no power source. We just went over that. All of that is nonsense, right? If we live in a firmament, a, a signal, all you would need is a strong power transmitter, you know, a radio, you know, television transmitter transmitting to a certain point on the dome. And then that would radiate out. And if you point your giant dish towards that spot on the dome, you would collect that signal. It's very simple. It's very simple. We had a NASA whistleblower that also talked about saying that the, they know there's a dome up there and they don't know um, what it works, but they also found out that if they hit it, they, would they hit it with a bomb or a laser? They hit it. They hit, That's I think part they, of they, Operation Fishbowl. That's what they were doing there with that. Yeah, but, they, but, but if they hit it, it be, that spot that they hit becomes electrified for like a ridiculous long amount of time. Maybe it's years and years and years. I, I forget I forget exactly, but even without that, that's how, um, you know, people say, oh, that's ridiculous. Well, that's how they tell us, you know, ham radio operators in Quebec and talk to people in Florida that it's ricocheting off of the ionosphere, which isn't even solid. Well, it wouldn't ricochet off of the ionosphere, but it would ricochet off the dome. Okay. So you know, the, the whole globe explanation for the bouncing of signals is ridiculous. But if you're got your transmitter and they're all pointing towards different spots on the dome, right? You'll, you, you look at that, you put your antenna towards that spot and it'll collect that signal. And that's how it works. It's very simple. These are the undersea cables that handle 99% of all communications across the earth. And if you look, there's nothing in the South connecting the South. If you want to connect from uh Santiago to Australia, well, that should be uh, pretty short. It should just go right across the bottom of the ball right there, but it doesn't. It goes all the way up, all the way over, and all the way down, okay? Because there, there are no cables that connect the deep southern points like that. The same thing happens with uh, air traffic as well, doesn't it? I mean, it would, some places it would seem like it's a lot quicker to go. Maybe there is some cost effectiveness. I don't know, but it would seem like you could go right over the quote unquote South Pole and be right there a lot faster than you could making several stops through Europe and everything else to get over to another place. A hundred percent there. Let's, let's look at a few, um, a few flight routes because the flight routes to me are the one thing that, uh, are one thing that convert, of a large percentage of people um, to, to flat earth. Okay. So here is, let me show you a good, a good Southern flight. Um, where are we? So on a globe, 
if you're taking a flight from any northern airport to any other northern airport, there's no reason you would ever go below the equator. And that's a fact because no plane going from any northern airport to any other northern airport ever goes below the equator. Well, the same should be true in a southern airport um, for southern flights. But that's not true. Many of them cross over the cross over the equator and go into the north. Okay. Here we have Buenos Aires to Johannesburg, right? Why don't they just go right across here? On the globe, they go all the way up to Amsterdam and all the way down. Well, for some reason, they're going all the way up here and all the way over. That's a much straighter uh, route. Yeah, yeah, sure. Ask me. Let's look at another one. Okay. This one uh, goes from Abu Dhabi to Auckland. It stops in Tokyo. Tokyo is way over here. Why isn't it just kind of cut over here? Seems a lot quicker um, because uh, because it's right here. You know, it's it's straight. It's a straight line on a flat earth map, right? Here's from Qatar to, uh, to Buenos Aires. They go all the way over to Rome. Well, Qatar, Rome, Buenos Aires, it's a straight line, right? This is where the Globers start freaking out. They're like, well, you know, they got to go. They got uh, to pick up other passengers. That's their hub, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm going to destroy that in a, in a moment with emergency landings. Um, this flight goes all the way up here and then all the way down. Right. When, in fact, this is where they just fuel up and then they cut over. Mm. OK. Yep. Again, Hawaii is uh, way off the route on here. OK. Um, this this uh, they. Um, which one is this? If you look at the flight route on a flat earth with all the stops, it's pretty much a perfectly straight line. Mm. OK. And again, um. People say, what about circumnavigation, right? Well, you know, this is Amelia Earhart's all of her stops. And she just literally went around the earth. If she went this way, she was going east. Or if she went this way, she was going west. West and east are circles around a center point. Yeah, let's... On a flat earth. I, I noticed some questions that uh, that were on with uh, when you were on with Bradley, and people say, yeah. "Well, how does east and west work? What works the same way as the other? It's just on a surface that's like this, rather than going around this way around a ball." But it, east and west still never meet each other on a flat Earth because of the way you're traveling. Now we got a question here. Now I've seen the models. That's why I I took. Uh, some guys serious and there's a lot of flat earth there's some that I can't take serious because I just I don't know what they are but there's a lot of guys who will field the questions they don't become emotional about it they'll say hey I don't know they'll come back and they'll have something so we got a question can you explain for people on a on this kind of a model what does a day and night look like and why do we have seasons because I think they go together because your sun and moon kind of go out to the edges and then they come back in at different times of the year can you explain that to people do you got a little video you can show people as to how that model works for seasons and such yeah so seasons um, seasons are, are very easy let me I, I just show you on the map on the app it's very easy so so on the flat Earth, the sun and the moon and the stars, they just circle around the center point. North Pole is at the center. And um, if you look here on the, on the map, there, there's the inner yellow line. That's the Tropic of Cancer. And there's the outer yellow line, which is the Tropic of Capricorn. Okay? When the sun moves into the Tropic of Cancer, where are we now? October, um, November, December. So in June, the sun is all the way in this inner circle. 
Okay. So us in the inner north, the sun is closer. It's summer. In the heliocentric model, they want you to believe that the sun is farther from us than it is during our winter. And it's the tilt that matters. Right? They tell us, oh, it's the tilt of the earth that matters. The sun's 93 million miles away. And the fact that there's a three and a half million mile difference in the summer and winter really makes no difference. It's the angle that it hits you at. Because we're tilted away, the sun spreads out over a bigger area and we have less heat density. I used to believe that, okay? But I never thought about it. Because in June here in Connecticut, at sunrise, when the sun is literally at the most tilt it could be, the lowest point where I could see it, I could feel the heat on my face in June. Well, wait a minute. If that was the tilt of the earth, we're at an 89 degree tilt, okay, away. It should be arctically cold. Also, we're three and a half million miles farther away. Then in December, the sun at noon is, you know, pretty high in the sky. Not, you know, not, it's high. That's the highest point for the day, way higher than the horizon. And I could look at the sun. I can't even feel the heat on my face. And it's three and a half million miles closer. Okay. The sun is in June is the Northern summer. It's the outer areas winter because the sun is far away. Six months later, the sun moves out to the Tropic of Capricorn and South America has their summer. Australia, it'll go right over them. They're having their summer. The sun will be high in the sky. It's closer. It's higher. Okay. Everything in between the tropics is called the tropics because they get the sun to, to pass over them twice a day, twice a year. Sorry. Twice a day. Sorry. Twice a year. Right. We in the north, where are you located? South Carolina. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. Greenville. Um, I'm in Connecticut. The sun only comes near us and then it moves away. Right now it's moving away. I'm going to try to explain something here that a lot of people will short circuit on, but it's really, really, really easy, right? So one of the things that Globers will say, how does the sun speed up in the winter? Because this circle, the Tropic of Capricorn in December is a much longer path than six months later. When the sun is over the Tropic of Cancer, this is a much shorter distance. So the sun has to be going faster. Okay. <clears throat> the mechanics of how that work is, we can talk about that and speculate, but I, I'm going to talk, talk about the results of what this would mean. This hand, this hour hand, is moving at the same angular speed, but the, the linear speed out here is faster than the linear speed in here. Okay but it is just moving at the same angular speed, 360 degrees every 24 hours. But you know, at the equator, let's say it's moving a thousand miles an hour because it's going about 24,900 miles every day. So out here, maybe it's moving 1300 miles an hour. And in here, maybe it's only moving 700 miles an hour. Okay. So what would that mean? Well, in the summer here in Connecticut, when the sun sets, we're watching sun, watching sun, it disappears. It's still light for almost two hours. Why is that? Why is it still light for almost two hours? Well, on the flat earth model, the sun is going slower. And it's arcing around us, kind of staying close. Okay. In the winter, my winter, in December, when the sun sets, 
it's dark in 15 minutes. Why is that? And the flat earth model, it's going faster. Yep. On a globe model, if we have at our latitude north, 42 degrees north, my 42, I forget, 42. Um, if I have 90 minutes of light after sunset, 40 degrees south, six months later, should have the same amount of lingering sunlight because it's a tilted ball. We're just moving to the other side of the sun. Everything remains the same. It should be exactly the same, right? The amount of length of your day has to do with your latitude, okay? The amount of light after sunset, the amount of time is specific to your latitude. But here's something that we're finding out now. We have people measuring it and we already know the result, but we're going to have them do it for the rest of the year. Right now, every, here in the North, the time between sunset and total darkness is getting shorter every day. That makes sense. We're heading into our winter. Also, right now, we've discovered, even though the days are getting longer in the South, the time from sunset to darkness is getting shorter everywhere on Earth, including the South. It should be the opposite. As our, as our what, what we'll call it, we'll call it um, sunset to darkness. We'll call it, uh, I need a word for that because I'm tired of saying sunset to darkness, whatever. Sunset to darkness is getting shorter everywhere on the world. And after December, it'll get longer everywhere in the world. And again, whether it's 15 minutes or 50 minutes or 90 minutes, it doesn't matter. If you measured the time from sunset to darkness, where you live, no matter where you live, the time will get shorter towards December and longer towards June. This 100% proves we're not on a ball. 100%. You follow? Explain yep. that right. I, no, I totally do. I'm dealing with some people in the chat. Uh, one guy keeps saying he doesn't have a phone. Uh, he's on a laptop. Google Voice is available. It doesn't cost you anything. You can do it. You can call in. But see, people want to take shots in the in the thing, and I, I just say, call in and ask a question. Nobody's going to bite your head off here. Uh, and, and you've got the number, so anybody can call in. Um, you know, any of you guys asking questions, you can call in instead of feeding me a bunch of stuff. But I do think there's a good question here. Uh, and this was stuffy. This was one that he asked. I Look, I've looked at some of these things as well. Sooner... Uh, Lunar and solar eclipses. Uh, this seems to me to be a pretty straightforward kind of issue. And when you understand how the lights rotate around, like what you're saying right here, but can you explain that to them? Can you take each one, a solar and a lunar eclipse and how that is seen or how that, how a, a person who takes the, uh, the model that you're presenting here, how they view a solar or lunar eclipse. All right. So, by the way, this is not the scale. So here's the moon, and the moon travels between the two tropics every two weeks. The sun travels between the tropics every six months, okay? So they, they go around their wheel. This is the wheels in the sky keep on turning. And only when they meet at the same latitude at the same time will there be a, an eclipse. Uh, this is a solar eclipse, okay? So this is how eclipses happen. Now, I'm not even saying <clears throat> that it's the, the moon itself that darkens the sun. There's anomalies in the sky that we can't figure out. If we think that we can figure out the physics of God's creation in the heavens, 
when we can't even figure out the physics of stuff here on earth, um, you, you, you got, you got something, got something coming to you. So here's a problem in the, in the, in the sky, people don't even know, um, what is it? What, like for a solar eclipse, that's when the, the allegedly the moon, um, blocks out the, the sky. Right. So I'm going to show you, <clears throat> I'm going to show you what I think is, um, happening with the eclipse. Remember before I talked about the projected sun, we see it on our sky sheet. Remember my, my sheet. So I believe that the sun and the moon that we see are on our azimuthal grid of vision and the sun and the moon, the source is behind them, but you can't see that. You can't see it. So let's take a look. Here's an actual eclipse I filmed. It's a hazy sky. And here's an eclipse that I'm making with a rear projection onto a, um, onto a paper towel, right? Here's a, uh, eclipse that was filmed. It was about 85%. And we saw this. Now this is a lens flare. It's moving around with the camera, but this one is locked into position with the sun. Okay. So what is this? Now it, this, this sun is 85% eclipse. It's just so bright. It's blowing out the camera lens, but like, why, what is that? I say, this is the source sun, the actual sun. So what do I mean by that? Let's take a look. So here's my rear protection. Nobody has ever seen the moon approach the sun, eclipse the sun or exit the sun. And the globers will say, well, it's because the sun's so bright. Well, during a total eclipse, the sun's not so bright. It's blocked. The earth shine should light up the moon, just like the moonshine lights up the earth. Why don't we see it? Why don't they film it from an airplane, from the space shuttle? No one has ever seen it. So it just, just as you can't see it here, but here it is. Here's my source. I'm eclipsing it with just like a bottle cap, right? But you can't see the bottle cap in the sky. This is our sky screen right here. Okay. So I said, wait a minute. What if our sky screen, our azimuthal grid of vision, isn't as opaque as this? So I got some thinner paper. And look, here's the source behind it. This is the rear projector. Okay. So right there, this is the eclipse. You don't see anything because there's no light on the moon, the moon cap, right? Here is a photograph of an eclipse. And here's a photograph of the one I created. Globe model can't come up with anything to explain this. I just explained it. Okay. The other thing is people say the shadow of the moon the shadow of the earth on the lunar eclipse, okay? Of the lunar eclipse. Well, let me ask you a question. You can't cast a shadow. Get a basketball on a 12 noon, put a basketball on the ground and look at the shadow around the basketball. Nice, dark, crisp, crisp edge shadow. Now lift that, sh lift that basketball up a couple inches. The shadow is going to get a little bigger. Lift it up a foot. It's going to get bigger and faded. Lift it up 10 feet. You can't even see the shadow anymore. It's so big. It's so spread out. You can't even see it. Okay. How is the earth sending a shadow all the way to the moon and creating a perfect, um, a perfect uh, eclipse? How many millions of miles away did they claim that is? Only, only 238,000. Quarter of a million. Just a quarter of a million. So 93 million mile away sun, quarter of a million mile away moon. And the earth comes in between them and creates an eclipse. Now, if this was the earth and you're standing right here, 
and you can see the sun above your right horizon. You can see the moon above your left horizon. Well, there can't be an eclipse yet because you're not in between. Okay. But as the moon moves up, it will start the eclipse and you'll see the shadow come in. Right. So now you have your eclipse and as it goes up, it exits. Here's the question I have for you. There's a thing called the Seleninian eclipse. They've been documented over 50 times where the observer can see the sun and the moon above the horizon. And that rules out the earth as the issue. And the other issue is when the eclipse started, the, the shadow or whatever it is, the darkening came in from the top. That's impossible. Okay. Eclipses 100% rule out the globe, the heliocentric model. Destroy it. What causes the eclipse? That's a great question. We can have that conversation all day and we can speculate, we can make models and we could come up with good things. But one thing we can rule out, it's not the earth that does it. Okay. All right. No, that's a, that's a great explanation. I, like I said, I've watched several of these things. I don't have everything all together. I don't want people to think that, but I've watched enough to know that, okay, there are some things that I see here that are great explanations, and I think they're for pretty simple and easy to understand. I don't think they're difficult. There may be some complexity in how all of it's occurring. I'm not denying that because if God has made our bodies as fearful and uh, fearfully and wonderfully made as how we are, how much more the creation that He's put into existence that we live in? I mean, it's pretty incredible to me that how what the Creator has done. So I want to ask a very practical thing. At the pre-show music, we played. Um, Conspiracy Music Guru, and I know that you have some of his music there and some of his ebooks on your on your app as well that people can check out. But one of the things I listened to him, and I don't know that he's a Christian, but I did listen to an interview of his. I'd love to bring him on the show one time. But one of the things that he said was, I was just living for myself. You know, I was partying, I was doing all of these kinds of things. And then as I began to look at this, I began to almost it was almost like he was saying he was becoming fearful. In the fact that, wait a minute, if this is true, if this place that we live is so controlled, if it's so stationary, then there has to be somebody that we're giving account to because it doesn't make any sense that it would be this specific, this controlled, all of this other, if there's not somebody that we give an account to. And of course, he references God. Again, I don't know that he's a Christian, but he in some ways, this is been a catalyst for many people to say, okay, wait a minute, I can no longer deny the existence of God, I can no longer do what Romans 1 says and suppress the truth and unrighteousness, I at least acknowledge that He is there, and Hebrews says we, you know, we can't receive from Him something if we don't believe He at least exists. That, that's whole, Paul's whole point of when he goes out into the Gentiles, he points back to a creation to bring them back to Creator. So how has this impacted your life? Have you always been a flat earther? I'm pretty sure you haven't. And how, what kind of impact did that have in your life as far as the gospel is concerned? It completely changed my life. It brought me to an undeniable uh, position where I can't deny the creator. And um, that's kind of where I like to leave it because I know the type of person that I was. And I know there's a lot of people, a majority of the people I might even say, that were like me where they can't see the creator yet. So what I do my job um, is to bring people to the understanding that we don't live on a heliocentric, sci scientifically impossible, satanic system uh, called the, you know, the heliocentric system, and that we are living in a, a created 
godly realm. Then I stop right there. Now you go figure out the rest. You figure out your relationship with the creator. And it shows like yours. It's, it's, um, there's other great, great um, Christian uh, flat earthers out there. Matt Long, my co-host from the Flat Earth Podcast, uh, Reverend uh, Dean Odell. Um, there's so many of them out there that really set great examples. Okay. I'm not one to tell anyone you need to believe in this. You need to do that. I just say, go out and figure it out. But once you're in the position where you can't deny God, the, the, the people that run this world, their number, people say, why the lie? Why would they do this? It's because they don't want you in that position. As I said earlier, where you can't deny the creator. Because on a globe earth, you could say, all right, big bang, you know, God did the big bang. And we live in this uh, expanding, you know, crazy, insane uh, universe. Okay. But you can also say, no, it was just a big bang. It was all random because that's what science, the religion of science wants you to believe. Flat earthers, there are zero atheists. Now you said there's no such thing as an atheist. I kind of, I, I like that. I like that thought. But I was the guy that just like, I don't know. I'm not buying any of it. But now. The relationship, my relationship, my world, everything has changed. And when you see, you know, flat earthers have the same thing. We know there's a creator. We're never bored because there's so much. This world is amazing. There's like, I can't find a moment to be bored because there's too much to see, learn, understand. And, um, you know, your relationship with the creator grows stronger and stronger. The more, um, more you, more you, um, Expand your mind. The most important thing, our, our most important mission here is to seek ultimate knowledge and to share it with others. So that's what yeah, I'm trying the, to do. Let them make their decisions as to what they're going to do. Now, we got a question here. Um, where is the sun's accelerator that you talked about before, and how does it know to speed up at those times of year? Now, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take a stab at it, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. But anybody ever been water skiing? And you got the guy and he's, you're going really fast straight, but then he turns around and he's going to go back the other way and you get pulled, you get slung out. Are you going faster than you were straight? Yeah. And it's kind of hard to hang on. You're having to lean into it and everything. Is that not what's going on with the, the sun and moon as they begin to spin out towards the edge? Are they having something similar to that or am I completely off base there? Um, Here's the thing. The question is absolutely ridiculous because, you know, we, we can prove that we live in this uh, dielectric plane. We have this toroidal field. So we have this field coming around us and it, it spins and twirls. And, um, you know, we, we're learning all about that. This is God's creation. OK, I didn't create it. I don't know. But, you know, if you look at how a toroidal field works, as farther out it is, the faster it's moving inside, it's going to move slower. OK. To say, you know, what are the physics of the sky? How, how is God doing this? You know, I don't believe that the sun that we see is a physical object. I think it's a, a non-physical object, just as the moon that we see. Now, does that mean there's not a physical sun or a physical moon? I think there is. I think it's beyond us, right? In the heliocentric model, you have to believe that another planet crashed into our planet, broke off a quarter of it, and it became the moon perfectly spherical that's locked into our orbit goes around us the gravity from the earth is holding onto the moon the gravity from the sun holds onto the earth and pluto and every other planet but ignores our moon because it doesn't pull the moon you know as the earth comes as the moon comes around the earth towards the sun it should get pulled faster and dragged backwards 
but none of that happens. Somehow all of this insanity, you know, um, works in the heliocentric system. And then they want to ask us what causes the sun to speed up and slow down. Okay. Maybe the sun is on an arm, just like the arm of a clock. And when it's out at the end, it's going faster. When it's close to the center, it's going slower. I don't know, but the sky is a perfect clock, right? The finest Swiss watches sure. in the world based off the sky clock. That's what time is. So you live in this heliocentric world, right? Where the orbit of the sun, right? The orbit of the moon. Think about this. Okay. You got, you got the, you got the earth and you got the moon, you got the moon going around the earth. Okay. Right. So the earth is orbiting at 66,000 miles an hour. So when the moon's going this way, the moon's traveling, I think it's 2000 miles an hour. Let's just say two, right? So 67. So it's got to go 69,000 miles an hour as it's going in the direction of the earth's orbit, right? Here, it's still going 67 plus two to maintain its distance. Cause if it was going slower, the earth would crash into it. Okay. So it's, it's me. Oh no, I'm sorry. Here it's going 67 plus two here. It's going 67 to maintain its distance. And then over here on its way back, it's going 60. It has to slow down. No, it has to speed up again because the earth is going. And so it's speeding up and slowing down, speeding up and slowing down. It's ridiculous. I mean, what, what causes your moon to speed up and slow down and stay with the, with the spinning globe earth? Explain that. You got a rock in space that somehow is, is going around the earth while the earth is traveling and it knows to maintain the same distance from the earth. So when it comes this way, it's got to, it's got to slow down. Then it, here it's got to speed up because if it doesn't, the earth is just going to take off and then it's got to speed up to pass the earth again. Right. Most people can't even fathom what the heck I'm talking about. Cause they weren't taught to think they were taught, well, the earth just goes around the moon and the earth's gravity holds onto it like a rope, you know? <clears throat> so the person that asked that question, what makes the sun speed up and slow down? Why don't you figure out your own model first, which makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, those are, those are, I mean, those are all great points. And I, you know, I see some people taking shots and stuff. This is why I say call in. We'll let you talk. I, I mean, I have no problem with people who disagree. That's fine. And I don't think Dave or I, either one said, if you, if you, if you believe in a globe, you can't be a Christian. I just, but here's the thing. God takes us, and I can I can testify to this from the, the many years that I've been a believer, he may change some stuff instantly within us. But as we grow, and as you know, Paul talks about we grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, that, that includes all that he's made, all that he's said, what's in his word, all of this. We begin to understand things that we didn't understand before. And tomorrow I'm probably going to be confronted with something that I didn't know before about myself or about the world around me or about God himself that he reveals in us. And so there is a process in which we're going. Nobody, I don't think, I'm not saying it. I'm pretty sure Dave's not saying it. Just because you've been taught that doesn't mean you can't be a believer. I don't think either one of us are saying anything like that. Am I correct, Dave? I know I'm not saying that. No, I'm not saying, I'm saying belief is the enemy of knowing, you know, and just that, that question kind of triggers me a little bit when someone says, yo, how does that work? How? Because we don't know. Okay. And we're not afraid to admit we don't know. Globers don't know anything and they think they know everything. If a glober knew a 10th of what a flat earther knows about the heliocentric globe model, they would be a flat earther because the heliocentric model makes absolutely no sense. 
I wanted to bring this up before when you asked, you know, why? Why the lie? Divine law is the law of God. That is the true law. That is the top law, right? Amen. They're trying Amen. to put government above that baloney. Common law is the law of the land. Statute law and admiral maritime law is the law of the seas or, or man's law, right? In order to convince a man to give up his divine rights and their common rights, you have to convince them that they're not divinely created in a divine world. That's what the heliocentric deception is about. And it is a satanic deception. When you look into it, all of the numbers are 666s. Six, six, sixes. It's 666s six, six, sixes everywhere. The tilt of the earth is 66.6 degrees. Wait, I thought it was 34.30. You know, it's the inverse. Take it off of 90, it's 66.6. <clears throat> there's so many things that I can't even remember them all. There, there's, there's so many where it, it's um, absolutely, it's absolutely insane. I have a, uh, I think it's, I think it's actually have it on the app. Um, here, let me, let me just throw a couple out there. National Aeronautics and Space Administration. If you do the, the reverse order where Z is one and A is 26, it adds up to 666. That's kind of weird, right? Um, six times six times 600 is the circumference, circumference of the earth. 0.666 inches curvature per mile squared. 66.6 thousand miles per hour around the sun. Six times six times 60 is the diameter of the moon. There's a hundred of these. Okay. What point do you stop becoming a coincidence theorist? <laughs> coincidence theorist. I like that. That's very cute. All right. So here's what I want to do. Um, let's get ready and wrap some things up. And what I want to do is we, I'm going to give about 10 minutes. That way we go to two, to the two hour mark. And then I have some work that I have to do. Somebody's asking, what do I go to work? Yeah, I go to work. Uh, I work all day. Trust me. I probably work longer than most people do. Uh, I'm usually going to around nine o'clock at night, uh, from five in the morning, but Dave, if I give you these last 10 minutes, and you can take time to point people to your website and to the app again, too. But if you've got something that you want to leave people with, uh, because, again, you know, we put out information. People can make up their own minds as to what they want to do. And if they want to if they want to hold to the globe thing, then they can hold to the globe thing. And if they want to say, hey, you know, you've opened up my understanding on some of these things. I still have some questions. I still want to look at things myself. And, um, you know, they can do that, too. What would be a final word of exhortation you'd give to the audience? Uh, it, maybe somebody still has questions and they go, hey, you know, I see some stuff you're saying. Some of that makes sense, but some of this stuff still doesn't make sense. I just think you've picked a couple of things here. You've kind of pinned them together and, and yeah, you're going to have your, your model. But I really believe that we're on uh, a, a spinning ball and I believe what, you know, what we've been taught in school and by NASA and all these other people. And just because, look... Just because somebody has lied to us doesn't necessarily mean they're lying to us about certain things. The devil lies, but he'll put in a lot of truth, won't he? He'll put in a lot of truth, and he puts in a snippet of a lie so that the truth becomes a lie. So some of those things can happen in this, and that doesn't necessarily, one doesn't necessarily follow the other. But if you've got a, a final word of exhortation, how would you speak to somebody like that who still has questions saying, I'm just not really buying what you're saying, what would you tell them? It's easier just to maintain your belief and live your life um, than actually to rip the rug out from under your feet. It's not the rug. It's the entire you know, globe out from under your feet uh, to actually put you where you are. Most people are unwilling to face a new reality. And um, flat earthers are ones that were able to change their minds based on new information. So the number one thing I would tell you 
is don't believe anything that I say. <clears throat> Excuse me. Early in the morning. Don't, don't believe anything I say and verify all things yourself. The other thing is don't be led by the deceivers. And I say they're either paid or possessed. Either way, there's no difference. Uh, that'll show up in the chat and comment on every, every comment you make. The people that are in the live chat now, the people that'll show up in the, um, the comments, they're just going to say empty things. They're going to, all they're going to do is I'm going to debunk this, and debunk this and debunk this and debunk that. And they'll never offer a globe proof. Where's your globe proof? One globe proof wins you about a hundred grand uh, in Bitcoin. And you can change that into gold immediately. <clears throat> um, so again, verify everything on the app. If you hit the question mark button up comes the frequently asked questions. Okay. Hey, you know, where does the sun go? Um, why the lie? Why the lie will blow your mind. There's such great videos there. Here's the thing. If you um, search YouTube and, uh, you know, I know you're on Rumble, but uh, people, a lot of, most people use YouTube, uh, the normies out there, and you're looking up stuff. Let's say you watch the video on, um, you know, um, <clears throat> homeopathic remedies uh, months ago, and you forget you want to find that video. You just go to your YouTube history and type in uh, any part of that video name or anything homeopathic, and bam, it'll show you, oh, yeah, this is in your history. And so it keeps track of everything. There's only one topic that doesn't work that way. Go to my channel, D-I-T-R-H. I have all short videos there, okay? Watch a bunch of Flat Earth videos. They'll show up in your history right there, right there. But either right then <clears throat> or the next day or the next year, go back and search Flat Earth in your history. They should all come up. None of them will come up, okay? What will I've come noticed up that. is- I've noticed that. Propaganda hit videos that you never even watched, okay? Why are they inserting propaganda videos and removing other videos that you watch and only for Flat Earth? You can look up Bigfoot, COVID, anything. They'll all come up, <clears throat> all your YouTube history, but Flat Earth is the only one. Um, and eventually, maybe because we're exposing this, they'll change it and they'll go, look, you're lying. It works. Um, they're constantly changing the algorithm, but right now it doesn't work. Okay. So that should make that strike 700. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, the frequently asked questions section, the more resources section, tons of stuff here, tons of stuff. You want to have your mind blown? Watch this section here, the lost history of flat earth. Uh, you want to learn about rockets? Rockets are balloons. This section will make you cry if you're a space lover. Okay. Um, debunking the debunkers. If you watch like Nat Geo, they're like, oh, we're at the Salton Sea. And, uh, you know, we, we, we proved the curvature. We'll show you exactly how they faked it. Okay. How, what they did. <clears throat> it's not a, Excuse me. It's not us just saying um, saying it's fake. It's us showing you exactly how they faked it. And you're like, oh, wow, I didn't even notice that. Oh, look at that edit. Those, those birds did the same thing twice, right? We show you. So why are they lying? If we prove to you that they're lying, you have to ask yourself why they're lying. Or you can just stick your head in the ground. The biblical section right here, mind-blowing stuff. If you have a pastor that you're trying to wake up the flat earth, show them the first video in this section. It's called Dear Pastor. It's eight minutes. Or watch it yourself also. It's amazing. Okay? Amazing. That's my host, Matt Long. And he is willing to go talk to pastors and teach them about Flat Earth. Right? The book section, again, amazing stuff. Conspiracy Music Guru, his actual physical books here. Also on my website, flatearthdave.com, where you can find everything, where you can book me for a show. Um, he's got his free books. Okay? Um, Again, Flattoberfest, October 21st. I'm also going to be speaking at Anarchapoco in Alcapoco in February. So if you're looking for a vacation, a great place. Anarchapoco Conference, 
Links are on my website. Um, homeschool section I was talking, telling you about. Uh, old world. This guy right here, my lunch break. This guy, he looks at old buildings and then reads the official story and shows you. Literally, it's comedy. It's it's hysterical. He makes like a all his videos are 15, 20 minutes. Um, this guy right here. Uh, this is old world tech. This guy's got archives and archives and archives of videos and images of giants, of airships, of everything. Check that out. That's a, I'm the Improbable Dreamer. Uh, John Levy, again, every week, 20, 30 minute video on the old world. All sorts of educational stuff in here. Crow 777 radio. Literally, don't send your kid to college. Spend $8 a month and it's better than college. Okay? It's unbelievable. Make you a functioning person. Games. Trivia, play with your flat earth friends or your globe friends. Play with a globe friend. It's hysterical because they don't know their own model. Okay. It's funniest thing ever. Um, then different languages. We're adding uh, all sorts of different languages, playlists. The app does a ton of stuff. The friend finder, which I showed you earlier. Um, but what I love right now is the images section. Give me a topic. Let's say you're talking to somebody and you want to show them a picture of something. What do you talk about? The moon landing? What? Give me, give me a topic. Yeah, you can take the moon landing. Okay, so let's say I want to show them how stupid the moon buggy is. I'll just type in buggy. Look, but, whoop, there it is. And here are all of the images and stuff on the moon buggy, right? This is, this is one of my favorites. I, I like showing people this. I say, so this costs $38 million for these two beach chairs and this umbrella. Okay? <laughs> right? Deep pass. This is the actual moon buggy. And that's $38 million back in uh, 1970, 1960s, right? Yeah. Today, for $37 million, you can get this. <laughs> but there's no water on the moon, Dave. Come on, man. You don't have to go to the moon. You don't need to. This is better here on Earth. It's $37 like, million. It, it's like right? Jerry Seinfeld talked about that, and he says, "What? you get a bunch of guys, they want to go to the moon, and what do they do? They put a car on the moon. Why? Because they think they're going to get a date. And you got to have a you got to have a car if you're going on a date. That's what he was saying. It was just hilarious. What? But then you look at what they did, even the pictures when they put it on when they bring it off the quote-unquote lunar module. And if anybody has actually been and seen it, I saw one out at Jet Propulsion Laboratory in 87 cuz they had open house. And even then, I you know, I wasn't in questioning any of this stuff. I just looked at it and I thought that's really little, and it looks like it's made out of aluminum and tinfoil. That's what it looked like. And, of course, now we got pictures, and it looks like it's made out of cardboard and all kinds of other stuff from, you know, when they took pictures back then as well. I just typed LEM. And so you bring up the LEM, and uh, you say, you believe this went to the moon, right? Look, there's an astronaut right there. Right? So, so you can see how big this thing is. <clears throat> it's made of tinfoil, <clears throat> curtain rods, and look at this. If somebody sheetrocked your basement yeah, like this, would you pay exactly them? that's exactly what it looks like, yep. I mean, would you put your kid in there and submerge that in a lake? Of course not. Look at this thing. It is ridiculous. But they want us to believe, you know, that, um, that, 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 you know, that can go to the moon. Here's the thing. Remember the Ocean Gate, which happened, uh, you know, the other, recently, we got this submarine, right? Out of nowhere, um, engineers from all across the earth were coming up, giving us, well, this couldn't work and that and this and that. You know, and the other thing is, if you're a billionaire, would you go inside of this tank that has no windows and explore the Titanic? Or would you just stay up on the ship and have a martini and watch it on the yeah, 80 inch plasma absolutely, TV? Absolutely. Okay. 
So, so why is he in there? Right. So this is a whole other thing, but out of nowhere, all the engineers are talking about this 50 years later, zero engineers will talk about this. Where are you engineers? Okay. Where, where, where are you? Let's go. No engineer will touch this unless they're willing to, you know, out themselves as being a truth seeker and a moon landing denier, which is the reality. So again, the, that, this is the images section. You can search anything. We're adding new stuff all the time. If you type in stars, like people are like, what do you mean stars are, um, are not what they say? And by the way, let me, let me just say this. You know, I've got a smartphone. I, I say smartphones make us stupid is what they do. Cause I used to remember all kinds of phone numbers. And now I can't even tell you what my wife or my kids number is, except I push a number two and it does it. But it's interesting because I have only bought, as long as I've had these things, I've only bought two apps. Yours is the second one I bought. I bought something else before and it wasn't worth a flip, but your app is actually very educational and um, and I don't say that very lightly. I'm not. Look, I, I might get a bottle of Dave hot sauce if you guys use my my promo code, which I, I love hot sauce. But I'm not doing it for that. I'm doing it so people can educate themselves and they come to their own conclusions. They say, hey, this isn't for me. I don't buy in it. That's fine. No, nobody can force you to think certain things. I want people to understand that. Well, but he, here's the thing. And a lot of people will say that because they're not willing to, you know, destroy their their world belief that they were taught before they could even talk. Okay. Um, but quickly, what again, remind people what your code is. Your code is Tim S O L T I M S O L M S O L. Um, so I forget the, uh, the train of thought. This is, this is, um, these are stars. Okay. When you look at stars, it's kind of, they're, they're literally angelic. If you watch them, I actually have a new video coming out on the app, um, in a couple of days. What, what do you see here? Like, look at this is a star. Look at that. That is a star yeah. with optics, right? When you look at this stuff, you know, oh, that's what I want to mention at the very beginning. You were talking about, you were talking about. Um, Genesis one. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What, what, being in I the front of the stars and the sun and the moon being in the firmament. I just lost my train of thought again. It zapped me. It was it was a very good. It point. happens to me too. <laughs> ah, it's gone. Why, why don't we do this, Dave? Why don't we have you back another time, and maybe we sure. can maybe we can cover cover some more things. We'll talk about other things maybe we didn't cover here because look, I know people have a lot of questions and maybe they pick up certain things and they go, I I still am not wrapping my head around this. This doesn't make sense. Go ahead. I got it. I remember what it was. Okay. So one of the things that scared me, uh, that pushed me away from the Bible was um, a verse that talked about the stars falling to earth. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Stars are a hundred billion times the size of the earth. How could a star fall to the earth? It would eat the earth. And that's what scared me away from the Bible. That's what made me reject Christianity. It made me say, this is all nonsense. That one thing is all was needed to make me completely reject the Bible along with a whole bunch of other things. But that alone was enough to make me look away. Just like the flat earth society. Someone Google's flat earth. They end up at the flat earth society. They go flat earthers believe that the earth is rising at 9.8 meters per second. And that's what causes gravity. Then you go flat earthers are idiots. And then you never look again. That's what they're doing with the helio non 
nonsensical system. They're making people reject creation. Yeah, I got I got two things. Uh, I know I gave you the last word, and and you have that, but um, I got two things. One is, ask Dave, is that a Faraday hat, and what brand? <laughs> I wish it was. You know, there is a guy that that, that sells them. Um, I forget the name of his company, um, but he does. He has these foil hats. You know, tinfoil hat. Hey, you know what? With all the frequencies that are going on. It's not a it's not a bad idea. <laughs> you can buy you can buy that uh, you can buy the uh, material. Uh, you can bit like a, buy a yard of it, and you can make those things if you want to make them. And they're not they're not tinfoil. They're made out. Of, I want to say they're made out of copper, but it feels like a, just a regular material that you can do it with. Silver material mesh. Yeah. There. I, I, basing on the guy's name, the guy did a, a series on uh, chemtrails called Franken Franken Skies, and he has a clothing line of. Um, Faraday hats and clothing. I've seen and, uh, some of it's that. Very, yeah. I'm forgetting his name, but look him up. Look up this. Look up on YouTube, Frankenskies, and go to his page and figure out um, his uh, his site. Interesting, interesting. Well, look, we'll bring you back on, and I want to cover some of these other things because maybe I'll get a list of some questions. If you guys want to um, send me something, I would say go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, click on the contact and send me something, but then sometimes that gets diverted, and then it depends on how the question's worded or whether or not you know, somebody takes you serious or not. You can go to thewashingtonstandard.com, click on the contact button, that goes directly to me. Um, but, but do that. If you got any questions and Dave, what we'll do is we'll give it a couple of weeks. We'll let people kind of think on that. Uh, maybe if they want to pick up your app again, use Tim SOL when you go there, flatearthdave.com is where you want to go and you do that. And Dave, if you'll hang on, I'll say goodbye to you off air. Uh, guys catch Bradley at three o'clock Eastern, 2 PM central sons of Liberty media.com. And then Lord willing, we're going to be back in the morning. Now I'm going to have an update with you for Mark Grennan and his sons. They have been sentenced. Uh, we're going to do a little interview with him later this morning, and I'll be playing some of that for you tomorrow. So don't don't miss that. I want to keep you up to date with what's going on and uh, as they continue to advance in their case there at the Supreme Court level as well. As well. And uh, so you don't want to miss that, and we'll talk to you then.